Amen, amen. Well, I think that uh, the best way to start this message off is just to read the title, The Challenge. Everybody has challenges in life, right? And if anybody has uh, known how my week's been, they know I've had several challenges this week. But everything's good. All is good. Because God's faithful, isn't he? Is God faithful? Well, I tell you what, I bet you know by the end of this day. That's for sure. No, I'd just like to engage you guys while we get going in the morning. But I said in life, there's always challenges and choices, aren't there? Challenges and choices. It's hard to say that fast to you. And I said at every age, every stage of life, I said there's no way around it. But, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I said our cho choices are responses uh, that need to be based on the truth. Amen. Need to be based on the truth. And so today, as we walk through God's word, I, I want you to just uh, kind of picture yourself if, if you were in a courtroom. If you were in a courtroom today, and what we present from God's word, is it convincing to you that Jesus is set and who he says he is? I believe it's going to be very obvious, amen, as we go through the word of God, because it is the truth. And we get to make good choices uh, in life when we have good information, Amen. That's the best way. You ever see anybody, has anybody other than me made some snap decisions in their life? And they go, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And now let's be real honest. Has anybody made some snap decisions in their life and then they pray? <laughs> Oops. You know? That's in the courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. In the courtroom too, brother. You're right. But you know, um, the best way to get good choices is to get good information. And if you want good information, you need to go to the source, don't you? And that's why we go to God's Word. So if you guys have your Bibles today, we're going to be primarily in John 21. Uh, I did a lot of studying this week, and I want to continue to lift up my preaching partner, Miss Angela. She was going to speak this week, and uh, she got a little under the weather. And God is such a provider, because when I was looking at this stuff, I said, man, I'm sure am glad I got to spend some extra time with the Lord this week. Because when, uh, when we had to switch days, I said, don't worry about it. I said, the Lord's been showing me some stuff, so... I want to continue to lift her up. But I want to tell you also that, Nicholas, where you at? Wave, everybody. I'm really proud of this guy. Because even though mom couldn't make it, he said, I still want to go to church. Can I get to church? I said, we will get him to church and get him back home. That's like, well, we can feed him. How about that? So, you know, I think that's great when you see young folks with a heart for the Lord. Amen. That encourages me. How about you guys? Because I tell you what, that's, that's what he's, he wants to do. He wants to be here. How many want to be here? I hope about 45 of y'all have it. <laughs> Some people are going, well, no, no. Hey, I, I'm so thankful. Hey, young man, sit at that door waiting for him since he got out of the truck. Isn't that something? He waited at the door for you. That's right. That's wonderful. What time is it, Scott? The Scott Nicholas is tight, man. And so they were watching movies last night. And he said, what time is it, Mr. Scott? And Scott said, 10 minutes since you asked me <laughs> And I didn't understand the joke until you told me later. Because he, he asked me, he said, Mr. Button, do you know what time is it? And I said, I, said uh, I have to look at my watch. He goes, it's 10 minutes later. <laughs> I didn't have all the pieces. Actually, that fits with it. I didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle. When I got the pieces of the puzzle, I go, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> good information helps us make good decisions. Amen. Let's roll with that. Well, to get where I want to go, I got to give you a little uh, of the backstory. Now, how many people know a little bit about the life of Peter in the Bible? I am so thankful for that guy. Man, I could, I could pretty much fit the shoes early on. You know, this is a guy that, man, I tell you, 
early on, he's one of the first guys that said, Jesus said, who do you say I am? He said, you're the Messiah. Got it. And then later on, he's cutting somebody's ear off, said, they ain't going to take you, Jesus. He said, no, that's not what I'm saying for. You know? So going back to that night, when they come in and, and they, they come to get Jesus and the Garden of Gethsemane, um, we look at that and we say, man, what's going on here? Let's kind of put ourselves in the story. Here's somebody that you love. Here's somebody that you see do amazing things. You know in your heart, this, this is not, this is not the, the, the average Joe, so to speak, right? This is something going on. God is with this man. <laughs> God is this man. How about that? But they're trying to put it all together. Now, what are you going to do when somebody comes from somebody you love? You're going to get in the middle, right? And that's exactly what he did. But, see, that's what it's so hard to get our minds around the way of the kingdom of God versus the way of the world. Just about everything that God does is just a little bit different than what we do. Because we say if somebody pushes me, what I'm going to do? I'm going to push you. God said, turn the other cheek. But he's got the master plan. He sees it all played out. There's a reason for that. Again, I'm never going to say as a Christian that we just roll over. Okay? But, man, let the Lord guide our steps. So we, we start hearing the story. And Jesus gets arrested. He allows them to arrest him. And that's a real important thing. And they think, oh, man, they just got him. They got to drop on Jesus. No, they didn't. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So what happens here? And this is all in, uh, I believe, John chapter 18. But I'm going to get to where I'm going. Just give you a little bit of the backstory. And he goes, and Peter's following along. Maybe we would do the same thing. Where are they taking him? Where are they taking Jesus? They're, they're putting him on this, this mock trial. And if you take some time to study this, I'm really condensing this down. There's a lot of info in there. I, I, I encourage you to, to read through here on your own and, and just ask the Lord to reveal some more things. But I want to get the highlights. So he's following along, and he gets into the gate, and he's looking. He can see through this little mockery court that they're setting up here. At night, everything else, you know. And uh, the first thing that comes up is, well, let me back up. He tells Jesus, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll die for you. And Jesus tells him, he says, look, he said, for the rooster crow, you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to put it in translation here. You're going to sell me out three times. And we go, oh, I would never do that. Let me tell you, friends, if the truth is known, we sell them out a lot faster than that and a whole lot more. <laughs> Amen? Mm-hmm. Preaching to me first. So he goes and he's following along. I'm going to kind of draw the picture for you. And, and he's looking at everything. And all of a sudden, the challenge comes. Somebody, one of the girls say, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' buddies? We're just going to keep it real light today. He goes, no, oh, no. One. So he's over there and he's warming himself by the fire. And he's still looking in there. And what in the world are they doing in there? What in the world are they doing? They're, they're just, man, they're just false accusation against our Lord, all these things. Prophecy is just coming to pass right there, minute by minute. goes a little bit longer and the girl comes again and says, oh, wait a minute, I, I know I've seen you with Jesus. He says, oh, no, that's not me. Man. Now, put yourself in the story. We like to save our own hide, don't we? He's probably thinking, I can't help him if I'm dead. Okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I can't help them if I'm dead or they're going to lock me up. I don't know. But real quick, that's two times. And then another person who was the relative of the guy that got his ear cut off in the garden, right, says, man, I know we saw. Didn't we see you at that olive grove? Now it hits the nerve. It's really a challenge. 
he starts cussing and fussing and denying the Lord and everything else. Man, blah, 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 blah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Rooster And the Bible said that he got a good shot at Jesus and Jesus looked at him. Man, put yourself in that. Told you, he said, but if you go to Rooster Crows, you will deny me three times. Can you imagine? No, 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 no. No, you're looking back and forth in the window. Looking at what's going on there. And all of a sudden, man. I don't even know him. I don't even know him. And he just zooms in right in on him. Man, he weeps. He cries. No doubt that his heart is broken. Because we know he loves the Lord. You know? But sometimes even when you love the Lord, you pull some stupid stunts. Amen. Amen. Boy, got quiet on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can do that. How about y'all? I can do that from time to time. And I'm not proud of it. But I'll tell you what. I want to be quick to repent just like David was. But look how this man life changes as time goes on. So I want to take a just kind of set that story, and that really gets to one of the, the heart of the things that we want to talk about today. In the verse I got on twenty one sixteen in John, Jesus repeated the question, right? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said, That's John. 21, 16. We're going to work our way to that, okay? So if everybody's doing good, take your notes out, open your hearts, and let's see just how God responds to us when we blow it. Amen. Anybody got an idea how he does that? Anybody like grace? Amen. Let me get my paperwork right up here. Here we go. All right, let's talk about something that I think we all can identify. Miss the mark. Has anybody ever missed the mark? Let's talk about what it means to miss the mark. Make sure we're talking about to fail to reach the result that was intended. I put it this way. To choose our way over God's way. We ever done that? How many times a day already, right? You know? For y'all listening later, that's right. There you go. So I look at this. It seems to me it's pretty clear that Peter missed the mark. Denying Jesus three times in the middle of his worst day on earth. Think about this. It's amazing when I talk to people that say they're Christians and things like that. And I, I talk to them and, and uh, I, I, I want to tell you this. You don't have to be a theologian to be a Christian. You need to believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and put your faith and trust in that. Amen. But you don't want to just stop there. Now, let me, let me assure you this. You are secure and saved when you do. But I'm going to tell you what. Just like on your wedding day, you might want to tell your wife you love her more than just that day. You might want to spend some more time with her just in that day, right? You might want to enjoy and experience that relationship. See, that opens that relationship up. So we look at that and we say, man, Peter really blew it, didn't he? There's a couple of guys in the, in the Bible that blew it, didn't they? Just about all. Amen. Just about all. Ladies, too. And, and, and the reason I want to hit this today is because I talk to a lot of folks and I got a guy in the mirror that feels like this sometimes. How about y'all? I feel like this sometimes. Man, that sure wasn't the way I started out on this journey. That sure wasn't the plan that, that I thought that God had for me. But what happens is a lot of times I start driving the bus. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm real quick to want him to drive when I get in the ditch. How about you? Come back and take the wheel, Jesus. But I want us to look here. One of the things I really underlined in my note, on, on the worst day that the Lord was going to have, he was still thinking of you. I didn't defer him and say, well, I don't want to play no more. He did not go halfway to the cross, amen? 
the movie last night, many of y'all saw that, and they were talking about how's your prayer life. There was an older lady, for those that, that didn't see it, there was an older woman discipling a younger lady before she even knew that. She was just speaking into her life. And she says, uh, how's your prayer life? She said, well, it's, it's like everybody else. It's okay, so-so, ho-hum, kind of, you know. And went on and said, well, let, let me get you all some coffee. I thought, boy, isn't that a great illustration? So the older lady went and got some coffee. She said, so, so how would you say your prayer life is? She said, would you say it's hot or would you say it's cold? She said, well, I wouldn't say it's real hot, but it really isn't real cold either. And the lady's in there, she's fixing her coffee. And she brings that coffee in and she sits it down. And that young lady takes a big dose of that. And she goes, that's room temperature. I can't hardly take that down. And that's something. And then the Lord talks about it, that, that he'll just spew us out of his mouth with this lukewarm relationship. Right? It didn't take her long to realize that, that Granny knew a few things, did she? She said, well, that's how your prayer life is. Is that pleasing to God? And I thought about that. I said, what a beautiful illustration. That's. We need to be on fire for the Lord. We need to be on fire for the Lord. And I pray today through this message, this challenge today, that, you know, it ignites a, a flame in our heart. The guy that brought me to the Lord, one of the things he used to say, oh, oh Brother Bill. Boy, they'd have some people come in there. He used to like the gospel singing. He'd be over there getting with it, man. Couldn't keep beat for nothing. Him and my dad must have had the same music class. Because my dad would say, hey, man, play me that on the guitar. And I'd be playing, my dad would go. It's <laughs> like, man, stop. I can't even play the guitar. But, boy, I tell you what. But he would say this thing. He said, boy, if that don't light your fire, your wood must be wet. If that won't light your fire, your wood must be wet, boy. Did you hear them singing about that, Lord? Boy, he'd get down and get down. Oh, I tell you, I miss that guy. I'll tell you something else I miss about that guy. He told me this the time he, he led me to the Lord. He says, son, every day I pray for you. Two times a day. I call out your name before the Lord. Woo! Man, isn't it good? To know somebody would call out your name. Take the time. Not just once. Twice a day. He'd sit down at his table. And he had the names of people that the Lord had put on his life. And in his life. And that he had the privilege. He said, because I know you've been called, son. And I know there's going to be some battles. So I'm going to lift you up every day of my life. Wow. Let me tell you something else. Every minute of your life. Every second of your life. Jesus Christ is sitting on the right-hand side of God as your advocate, as your lawyer, right? Calling out your name. He's mine. She's mine. How do you feel about that? That'll help with the challenge, won't it? That'll help with the, the tough times. It'll help when you miss the mark. And let me tell you, when you miss the mark, he didn't go, well, no, nah, I don't want to play no more. He didn't say, well, you know what? You denied me three times, so that's it. One, two, three, you're out. Continue life. Let's keep on going. So let me ask you this. I think I slid this in already. Do, do we miss the mark? <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to ask that again, do I? <laughs> and I wrote in there, yes, and I can answer this painful truth. <laughs> it's been a lot more than three times in my life that I missed the mark. How about you? But we have a God that continually pursues us with his love. <laughs> 
He's coming after us with his love. A lot of times people think it's wrath and this and that. God is holy. And there's two sides of the coin. But let me tell you, we're under grace, friends. And let me tell you, all good gifts come from God. And I love my children. And, and I've had to discipline them before. But it was in love. Amen. So don't mix that up. God is love. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. So we know we missed the mark. We know the, the Bible says that there's none righteous. No, not none. All have, have, have failed uh, and, and not followed through on the glory of God. Amen. Let's take a look what else. You ever notice this? I wrote this. I said, selfishness will produce sinfulness. Anybody believe that? I really believe it. I had a guy one time that, that, that we were going to lunch, and he said this thing. We were going to Bubba's. Lord knows that God is in control. If you didn't die eating at Bubba's, and I loved it. It wasn't that it wasn't good. It's that your, your, your heart, man, would just start. You get in there and get that gravy. Miss Trudy bring everything in there, and you know you're going, and, and, and Paul would be back there cooking. You take the cigarette ash off your plate and keep eating <laughs> Good eating, man. <laughs> I used to eat it every day. And people go, how do you do it? I said, man, I just love it, man. And man, it just gravy on everything and stuff. Your heart's going. And then it starts getting, it's just like, it's like a tractor coming out of the mud. Just like that. You say, man, Lord, that's something else. But you know, we can get stuff. I want to go here. I want to do this. Too many heartbeats. <laughs> yes, indeed. See what people miss when they listen online. Let me get all that. We fit that right there. I'm ready now. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, so many times I want to get back to the selfishness. We can be really selfish. But buddy was telling me we were going to Bubba's. I'll get back to the story. And he said, you know something? Sin is amazing. He said, name me one sin that doesn't come from selfishness. I said, well, that's easy. I well, surely, but I couldn't. What challenge you to do that? You know, the little white lies when you're protecting your friend or your somebody else, that's still sin, right? And it's selfish because you want to protect them because you, you're going to do your part there. Think about that. Is there any sin that doesn't come out of selfishness at some point? I haven't found one, so let me know if you, you come across that. But I also know that we all know that we can be a little selfish sometimes, a little self-centered, can't we? Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I said, it, it, it's what happens is when we get so selfish, we begin to edge God out. I said, but there's some other factors too. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Y'all remember that from last night? It's John 10, 10. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to, to, see, he can't. Once you give your life to the Lord, you're sealed and secure. Okay? But that doesn't mean he doesn't still want to wound you. If you wanted to wound someone, how many people watch a lot of these TV shows where they capture people and all this? Everything they do. I was watching something yesterday, and it made me think about this. This is what the enemy does. If they can't get to you, because you're like, I don't care. You won't come get me. Come on, get me, right? They're going to get the one you love the most. Right? Isn't that what they do on, on, on the shows? They get in it. Well, enemy's no different. 
See, if he can't get to you, he's going to try to get to your family. He's going to try to get to your wife. He's going to try to get to your husband. He's going to do this and this and this and this. That's why we need to have the full armor of God on. That's why we need to be preparing our heart. That's why we need to understand this challenge today that I put before you. We missed the mark, but God is greater than our sin. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. What's another reason that we, we missed the mark? Fear and insecurity. Fear. I'm sure Peter was scared. Have you ever been in that spot? I told you one time in fourth grade this happened to me. Ended up being one of the best teachers I ever had. I had this tall lady, and man, she was boisterous. But she took a lot of time with me. But she was also really funny about smells. What? She had like this super-duper Lysol can. And baby, Miss Dixon would pull that thing out in a minute. She walked by and she went... <laughs> Go, man, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not sitting up there. She go back back, spraying that stuff over there. Well, one day she came in and she was spraying all that like that. And she had the bottle turned the wrong way. And she was doing something like this. She looked like she was doing the flounder. Everybody in there was laughing, man. I mean, we were laughing. And then, oh man, I'm losing everything. I might need that later. But anyway, she was just everything else. And you think, oh, well, you know, kids are not going to laugh at that. Oh, we were rolling. Because we didn't understand the woman might be blind or something. But we just thought, ha, ha, that's what you get, right? That's how the world works. And so she stumbled out. And one of the other teachers got over there and got a wash rag on her face, a little brown paper towel and come in. And then it was time to pay. And she came in there and she said, hey, I want to know who was laughing. You could have heard that little pin drop. Ding. It ain't too funny now, is it? I'm thinking, oh, this ain't good. She said, well, I'll tell you, all of y'all just line up right around here. I said, well, okay. She had a little slat. I could have been a lot better guitar player had not went to that class. Because she would whack you on the hand with that thing. She had that slat, and she come up there, and she said, little Johnny, were you laughing? He goes, yes, ma'am. Boom! You think that's funny? Sit down. You can't do that now. He had his mind right. I was about third in line. Little Julie, you, you was was were you laughing? Yes, ma'am, I was laughing. Boom! How you like that? I said, it's stupid. That's what I was thinking for. He said, buddy, were you laughing? I said, no, ma'am. She goes, what? That's for lying? Boom, that's for laughing. <laughs> Two times. Everybody else, everybody just said, we were, we were doing it. <laughs> we were laughing. Oh yeah, I thought I had it down. I said, no, I'm not laughing. I wasn't laughing at all, right? I was scared. I was feared, right? Oh, my goodness. But I think back of those things. But see, I thought I was going to beat the system. I said, oh, well, they said this, I'll do the other. Wrong. See, just like with Peter, I'm sure he was scared. I'm sure that our insecurity sometimes, when somebody, the insecurity started way back in the garden uh, of, of Eden. Did God say this or did he say that? Throwing that seed of doubt. Oh, he just don't want you to be like him. And you start questioning, well, is God trying to keep something good from me? Oh, slippery slope. How many know God's not trying to keep anything good from you? He really isn't. But we like to, we like to speed up to his clock sometime, right? But here's the problem when we speed up the clock. We haven't developed enough many times to handle what we need to do. You know what I mean? It's like when you're, when you're 10 years old and you want a brand new Corvette. It's probably a good thing if you don't get one, right? 
All those things, there's reasons and there's time. But it's a relationship that grows and we get rooted down in the word of God. But let me tell you, fear and insecurity will rob you of peace and joy, won't it? It really will. I looked down here, I said, Peter was afraid, I'm sure. I think many times that, you know, in my life, how fear has gripped my heart and different things on decisions I've made. Do you ever notice this? And some of the things that, that's coming down the pipe and, and different things that, even Congress and stuff. I don't get into a whole bunch of politics and stuff. We got to get this through, man. We got to get this through right now. We can't even read it. We just got to do fear, 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 fear. People, oh, we must have to sign it. You better read it. Would you, you wouldn't sign on your, your car note without reading it, would you? Maybe once. <laughs> You'd be like, well, I'm never going to do that again. We need to have the best information. We need to have the facts and details. That's what I'm saying. So we know that we missed the mark, but we know that God is in the forgiven business. Amen. I look in here and I had a few other things here uh, written down. I said, remember earlier from that night when Peter says, you know, when God says to him, the Lord says to him, hey, you're going you're gonna to deny me three times. And he goes, no, no, I'll, I'll die first. Man, how many times have we said, no, no, Lord, I, I'll never do that. No, Lord, I can't believe this person did that because I would never do that. A lot of times you don't know how you're going to respond until that situation ends up on your front porch. And I tell you, when you've been through some of those situations and you come out the other side, you know what it breeds? Compassion. When you go through something and you've been through a sickness or something, you come out the other side and somebody starts going through that, you come alongside and say, hey, look, it's going to be all right. You try to encourage them. You've been through a money situation or something like that, you come through the other side, you know what, you don't mind handing somebody a couple bucks so they can get something to eat. All those things, when we walk through different things, God uses that. I didn't say he caused it. Usually it's us causing it, usually. He uses those things to work together for the good. He can use those things. I say this many times. Let's see if this is still the same survey. Do we usually learn more through the tough times or the good times? The tough times, isn't it? Isn't that, it's just crazy. And I'm not saying you can't learn through the good times. Because we can continue to praise him. But I tell you what, when everything's stripped away, boy, just like that, I'll go back to the movie. She had her little war room, her little prayer closet. She took everything else, even it out of there, especially those stinky shoes, amen? <laughs> Y'all didn't see the movie? We'll share it with you sometime. But I'm going to tell you what, don't let fear grip your heart when you know the one that holds your salvation securely, amen? Let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing good? All right, let's keep on rolling. One of the things we need to do is really guard our heart. I talk about that a lot. And I, I got some scripture for you on that. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I said, whatever you set your heart on, your feet will follow. Isn't that amazing? You see, it's things that, that's why the battlefield is your mind. See, enemy will start putting something in your mind. And you'll start thinking on it. And you'll start thinking on it. And man, you'll start just possessing that thing after a while. And the next thing you know, I can't believe you said that yesterday at 3 o'clock. And Mike's going... What? Maybe it's just something. Have you ever had that happen? Somebody gets something churning that maybe you said or you didn't say or something you did or you didn't do. And man, they just get churning on that thing. They just get going and going and going. Next thing you know, where did you could have just called somebody and said, hey man, maybe I had a misunderstanding. Uh, I thought you said this or that or whatever. And they go, oh no, no, I was talking to somebody else. Meanwhile, they get all bowed up, all bent up and don't have good information you want the best information about the Lord, go to his story, go to his word, go to the Bible, amen? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I said, man, your feet will follow your heart. 
And you ever notice this? You'll always make time for the things that you really love. Come on now. You will. I'll tell you what. If you, if you love playing guitar, you're going to find some time to play guitar. If you love cooking, you're going to be in the kitchen somehow, some way, or something. There's, there's always something. You, you're going you're gonna to push something else to the side to get to the thing that you love. What would happen if we had that for time and prayer with the Lord? What would happen if we, we had that for church? What would happen if we had that in our relationship with the Lord instead of being that lukewarm prayer life, that lukewarm church life? Amen? Let's keep on going. I said it begins with God's wisdom, showing reverence towards God, showing reverence towards God. Do we really appreciate and respect the Lord? Do we really appreciate what he's done for us? A lot of times in sharing our faith, I'll, I'll use a courtroom situation. I said, you know, if, if you got a ticket on the way to church today and it was a $25,000 fine and you didn't have that money and the gavel was getting ready to go, go down and they found you guilty and somebody you didn't even know jumped in and said, I'll pay you fine. Would you just go, no, that's okay, I got it. Or would you embrace it and say, thank you so much. And say, you know what, but I love you so much, I'm going to pay you fine. Now, when you break it down like that, you say, man, I would be crazy to walk away from a gift like that. How much more is it that we walk away from the gift of salvation of Christ, the gift of healing, the gift of, of, of just the blessing of knowing Christ? We walk away from that. So I pray today, I challenge you, take a look. Take a look in the mirror. Take a look in your heart. What else we got? I said, it also requires moral application, allowing his word to speak to us personally and being willing to obey. That's how we guard our heart. You can have a lot of good information, but if you don't put it into place, it doesn't do any good. You know what I mean? I got a buddy of mine who's been restoring a vehicle as long as I know him. And that's his prerogative, and that's fine and everything else. But you know what? It's about to rust out. Well, I got this last week, and I bought this last week, and I don't know his situation. I'm not using it to that or anything else. And he might be done by now. I don't know. But I know a lot of times we're going to get to that one day. I'm going to get that done one day. I'm going to go ahead and get this fixed one day and all these things. A lot of times people do that with their relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to call on the Lord one day. Right now, I'm going to do it my way. Man. And I cringe when I hear that. Because I know at any minute, they could take their last breath. I told you the other week, I went to a funeral, and the thing that the, the pastor said there, and I believe it with all my heart, one of the worst things for a pastor to have to deal with or a preacher to preach a funeral is to know that the person that's in that casket, the shell that's left behind, did not know the Lord. That's a tough. Because you can't offer them any hope anymore. It's already been offered. And if they choose to reject that, there's only one place left, hell. But what you can do, you can use that opportunity so nobody else has to go. And I pray through the bags of blessing bags, through the studies, through just your witness and, and things like that, that, you know what, that we use each one of those opportunities to get the practical application. And that's where I'm going with this now. Take the practical application. Acting on God. Acting Acting of God's daily direction. Acting on, I should have put them. So, acting on God's daily direct, um, directions daily. Man, what would it look like? What would my wife look My wife, my life. I looked at her and said, my wife. What will my life look like 
if I really listen to the Lord that close every day. That I turn down the volume of the world, but I listen to the, to the spirit inside me. And when he says, slow down, slow down. When he says, turn, turn. When he says, stop, stop. Anybody ever been driving along? He said, man, I better slow down. Who told you that? <laughs> Sometimes this guy is the guy with the lights in the back of the car, right? You know, different things like that. You know, have you ever felt like maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't go there today? Those little promptings. Or maybe I should go there today. Maybe I need to go across the street to see my neighbor. Maybe I need to, to make that phone call. Maybe I just need to tell uh, my sister that I love her. Maybe I don't know what it is. But you know what? Those promptings that God puts in your, your life are to be acted upon. And I pray that today, that challenge, when those come up, that we do that. And I said, you know, it's really just putting the feet to our faith. I won't go through the story. Many of y'all know about when the Lord spoke to my heart and to visit at the hospital. What a blessing that was. Not just for me, but for so many folks, his family. We got to share it here and things like that. And I go, sometimes I go, Lord, I wish I could hear your voice like that all the time. But the truth of the matter is, I'm probably talking too much. Or maybe I'm not listening enough. But I'm going to tell you what. God is so faithful and God is so good. When I pray, I ask God, to show me things. And I said, Lord, you know that I need a billboard sometimes. Lord, help me to understand what's going on. Show me from your word what you want me to do about this situation. How do you want me to respond in this situation? How do you want me to, how do you want me to deal with this thing at work? How do you want me to deal with this thing in my family? How, how, how do I deal with this thing with my mother? How do, how do I do this? Lord, help me to show me this. Protect my heart so that I don't take all the inside information. I don't know if there's anybody that's, that's ever been through a divorce in here, but I can tell you what, you can get all types of information if you ask somebody about that. Oh, you ought to run, you ought to go, you ought to take this, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. Not too many people in the world would say, you ought to try to work it out. Right? And, and, and then, you know, it's usually the guy that's been married 57 times is telling you this. Or you ask somebody for some financial uh, advice and say, well, what you need to do is, is file bankruptcy, and then you can come back, you know, and all this stuff. You know, we ask everybody else usually first, and then we go to God. I want to challenge you this week, but always, starting today, let's ask God first. Preaching to me first. Let's ask God first, and then put the practical application together. Got one more here on there. And I said, after we do these things, this is what will happen is it will result in experiencing God's best for our life. I've never come up short knowing that I heard the voice of the Lord, lining it up with the word of God and stepping that way in my life. I did not say that it was always comfortable. I did not say it was always easy. I did not say I didn't do it without a little fear and trembling at times. But I'm going to tell you this. It's been the best thing in my life. And you know what? God's not stopping now. So don't get me wrong. It's part of the challenge. Everybody doing good? Say amen. All right. Well, I want to get back to our story here. Got a little bit of reading. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in John 21. And uh, I love this Bible cover here. I showed it to Jerry early. He said, I don't think I could have one like that. I'd want to throw it. I said, good, just pass the word of God along. Yeah. So John 21, chapter 21. And get a little. now we're getting back to the story here. And we'll pick it up. And it says, Jesus appears to seven disciples. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. Uh, this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, the sons of Zebedee, 
and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Now, this is after Jesus has rose again. They've run into him a couple times. And, and what does Peter say? He said, I'm going to go fishing. A lot of times when we go through something heavy duty and we don't know exactly the next step we're going to take, we will default back to what we used to do, don't we? It's easy to go back and get settled. I'll say this. You ever see somebody get divorced? Been married for a while, get divorced? What do they do? They go right back where they were before. They hang out and stuff. But guess what? Everybody else is married. So, so now, now you're 40 years old and you can't really hang out at the bowling alley all the time. You know what I mean? We default back to what we know, right? Just throw that in there. So he said, I'm going to go fishing. That don't mean it's a bad thing. He said, the disciples said, we'll come too. They all said, uh, so they went out to the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? And I thought, and they said, no, was their reply. And I thought, isn't that something that shows Jesus as a provider right there? Kind of broke a few things out. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible. Go back when the Lord's showing you stuff. So first off, don't settle. Second off, realize Jesus is a provider. And this is just a side sermon in the midst of this one. So he said, then throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did and they could go. Could barely haul, uh, haul it in because there were so many fish in it. Then in the disciples, Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped, stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. This is a guy that denied Jesus three times. He wasn't afraid to jump out of that boat when he knew it was Jesus, was he? He loved the Lord. Did he make some mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Let's keep on rolling. So he jumps out. The other stay. The other stayed with the boat and pulled uh, the loaded net to shore. For they were about a hundred yards from the shore. When they got there, they found uh, breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over the charcoal and some bread. Jesus again is a provider. Amen. Look at this. And I like to read it slow when I'm by myself. I keep asking myself questions. What was going on? Who was he talking to? This is a good way to study stuff. Jesus said, "Bring some." Bring the fish uh, you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon uh, Peter went aboard, and he dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish. Now, there's, there's a whole study on that. If you want to do that sometime, that's interesting, too. We're going to hit the high spots for today. And yet the net hadn't torn. See, God has got us covered. Isn't that amazing? 153 fish. And I don't know, just from some of the movies and some of the things that we've seen in the past on the Bible study, I'm going to tell you, that's a lot of fish to pull in. Is that pretty much fish? Sonny, if you just pull them in over the side, I don't think I could do it by myself. Maybe if I had Scott and Jeff and pull them with me. But uh, I don't think I, I Man, that's just amazing. He's more than enough. Isn't he, Miss Debbie? More than enough. And he goes on, and he, and he goes back here, and he says, Then Jesus served them uh, the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. So it wasn't like the first time they saw him. They had seen him a couple times. You switch over here, and the heading for this says, Jesus challenges Peter. That's where this message came from. I'm looking at it and I go, wow. So after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Some say he was looking at the disciples. Some say he was looking at the fish. You let the Lord show you. Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. And he goes, then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. What's he doing? Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Isn't that amazing? Let me jump back to my notes here. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't say, you sold me out. He didn't say, step aside there, buddy. Bring the other ones in. If you really love me, you wouldn't have sold me out back there. Isn't that how we handle stuff? No, 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 you didn't help me. What we don't understand is, God doesn't need our help. We need his help. And when we rely on his help, we get to help others. Does that make sense? When we get to rely on them. Let's take a look at this. I said, notice this. Three times denied, three times restored. Isn't that something? I wrote in here, I said, the, the, we serve a Lord of redemption. It's constant, not three times and you're out. His love is a constant flow of grace and mercy. Do you love me more than these? Feed my lamb, take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. That's restoration. Set back in the family. Let's look at this. What does it mean? Look what restore means. I got a few things I broke out I thought was really, just to show you the richness and the power of Christ's redeeming love for us, all right? It's the only thing in the world that makes you right, by the way. It's the only thing in the world that will make you right. That's powerful. And we trample the blood, and we, we don't believe uh, things, and we, we don't trust. But I'll tell you what, as we guard our heart and, and look at the love that God has for us, I pray today that we really get a good feel for this. I wrote down reinstated. When I think about that, I said the love and the sacrifice of Jesus reinstates us back into his family of God by faith. Back in the family. You know, people love to belong, don't they? They love to belong. We'll do anything to belong. Look at the peer pressure. People do most anything. I saw something one time, like a year ago, they had kids putting that, that uh, sanitation, sanitizer, sanitation, my gosh. Whew, need all the help again. But put that on there. And then they would light it and they burnt yourself up. I don't need to be in that club, you know. We don't think sometimes, oh, yeah, go ahead and do this, go ahead and do that. But you know what? God's love and God's blood poured out through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and raised on the third day, reinstates us into the family. Guess what? It reestablishes us. I said the fellowship has been reestablished. There is communication and fellowship. How many people had a good time last night getting together? That was great. Communication, fellowship, seeing what's going on in people's life. You know? It's wonderful. Being part of the family. Look at this. Return, brought back, and given. I thought, man, isn't this great? I said, we have returned to the Father. We've been brought out of darkness into the light of the Son and given back the inheritance the Father has promised. Man, has anybody been a long way from home and got home and they were real happy? I told you all the story years ago. I went to West Virginia. It took me 10 and a half quarts of oil to get back home. Now, gas, the oil was the issue. And I had my little mobile home over there at Langley Trailer Park. And I pulled in there. And I know my neighbors thought I was absolutely crazy. Got out of the car, laid on the ground, and kissed the concrete. It was a long ride. It was a real long ride. And here's the thing. When I was riding, you couldn't do 55. What had happened is my time chain had jumped. And when it jumped, it, took a, it nicked the daggone cover of the uh, time chain. And so it was just pouring oil out. So I couldn't even cut the car off. I'd have to stop on the side of the road. I got a case of oil, 
poured in and run, 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 run. It's pulling back, run. And here's something else. You ready for this? You couldn't drive 55. The only way it would stay kind of somewhat going, you had to drive 70 to 80. All the way home, man. That's a long way home. I did it in about half the time, but it was still a long way home. And I thought, my goodness, man, what in the world's going on? And it just went to my mind right now. It was out of time. The timing had jumped. I think sometimes our life is like that. Our timing jumps. We jump in with the world, and we wonder why we're out of sync with God. If you want your timing set straight, grab hold of the timing guide right here. The compass, amen? A little side note. So that's what God wants for us. What does he do? Right on time. I didn't know that was going to come about like that. God's so good, just pulling them stories in like that. Repaired. When I got that car fixed, it ran like brand new. You got to put a new timing chain in there, lined everything up, and everything was firing at the correct time. I thought, surely this car is shot. You know, I didn't have money for anything else. I barely had enough money for the guy to, to fix it, but he fixed it. I thought, man, isn't that great? So you know what? Just like that, it was restored. You know that just like that, you could be restored. If your timing's out, if you're leaking a little oil, okay, if, if you're having a tough time, God will restore you in an instant. And guess what? He picks up the tab. That's amazing. You know? What's the first thing when somebody offers you a deal? How much does it cost? How much does it cost? What's in it for me? Let me tell you about the deal today. How much did it cost? God is very best. Because you were worth it. What's in it for me? Everything. Salvation, freedom, forgiveness. And you can put it this way. You can be made whole. Amen? You can be made whole. Forgiven. Acceptance. Freed, embraced, and complete in the Savior. Let me tell you, that's something right there to jump up and down and praise the Lord about. So I'm going to bring it on home with this. So here's the challenge. The question is, will you believe it and will you receive it? What's your response to the challenge? Do you believe in the power of his love? Do you believe in his grace? The grace of God, the mercy of the Messiah, the peace of the Prince of Peace, the redemption of our Redeemer. It's a choice one has to make. One thing I learned when I first started preaching was this. Every message should be designed to bring someone to the point of a decision. Here's the point. Will you accept the challenge? What's the challenge? Will you believe that God's in the forgiven business? Will you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Will you believe that, you know what, there's only one way to heaven? Do you believe that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life in abundance? Do you believe that? It changes everything in your life, starting with him. That's the challenge today. And, and I, I say that's the challenge today because when you have the challenge tomorrow of who's going to help you with the rent or who's going to help you with the sickness, or who's going to help you in the test or find a job or whatever the thing is? That's the challenge. But if you, if, if you resolve that right now, if you make that choice now, you're already there. Because you have a foundation in Christ. You have a foundation. You have somebody on your team. Matter of fact, it's better than that. You're on their team. How about that? You're back in the family. You're back sitting with the Lord. Man. I don't know if anybody's ever lost a job, but it's not a great feeling. I lost a job probably 32 years ago. And let me tell you, it ain't fun. But what, let me tell you, when I got the other job, 
and they restored me in that job, I said, man, what a blessing. When I left that job, man, it wasn't good. But when God opened up a door for me, opened up a window, and it's not always about this, but I'm just going to say, uh, keep it right where it is. When God opened up the door for me, when I left, because it really was some rough terms and things like that, I was making more than the guy that fired me. I said, my gosh, if I get fired about five more times, I'll be in the Fortune 500. But it's not about that. It's about the faithfulness of God. And it's about the challenge today. Will you receive it? Do you believe it? God is for you. God is love. And Jesus died for your sin and he rose. Let me tell you, as we get ready to go into this time of celebration of Easter, Resurrection Day, keep that on the forefront of your mind. And I was putting this together. I said, man, I'm glad that Jesus didn't back away from the challenge. I'm glad he didn't go halfway to the cross. It is finished. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you know what? You give us a choice. And Lord, sometimes in my life, I wish that you would just make the decision for me in different things. But you know what? You're too good a God to do that. You say, you know what? You have free will. And I think that's amazing. A God that is in the restoration business and allows me to be a part of so many great things. So if you're here today, here's the challenge. Do you know for sure if you died today that you spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven? You say, well, buddy, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just not ready. I, I, I've done this, I've done that, all these things. What are you waiting for? You are not guaranteed another breath. You look in the papers, there's people, young folks leaving, older folks leaving, everything else. You can know today when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross that you are secure in him. And it's not just about dodging hell and going to heaven. It's about heaven invading your life now. It's about us right now being the church, being the light of the world so others can have the same that he offers to you and me and everyone. But you know what? God can use your life today. God will use your life tomorrow. God will use your life in a mighty, mighty way. Are you available? Father God, I thank you today that you say that we can confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved, Lord, today. Let salvation sweep the hearts of the people that need it. And Lord, today also, let your love Sweep the hearts of all of us because we all need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.